Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the big, it's okay. the most important and critically a podcast is recorded in our car. And now he's come to the volume. You can actually hear him. Yay! Ask me how I'm feeling. How are you feeling, Salty? I'm not feeling salty. I'm feeling rather seedy today. See, that happens to me this time of year. This time of year. Welcome to the show. It is beat. We're recording the show on January 1st, New Year's Day. And instead of sitting around watching football all day long, we're actually out and doing something. We're on our way to Illinois. And we're going to do some things while we're there. So that's not what the, the podcast is about podcast about is it's january which means it's time or even past time if you will to be thinking about spring and the gardening and tree planting and seeds and getting the water system set up like we wanted to have this year but not actually doing it yet but not actually doing it but we it does take quite a bit of planning to do it right so we're getting ready to start having our spring planning sessions we've already been i mean the seed catalogs are, are either here or on their way you can't stop them once you buy seeds yes, from once place. you buy us buy something you can never stop them and so they're on their way and i'm sitting here debating whether we should go back and pull that piece of debris out of the road but i don't think it's dangerous enough to it didn't look like a okay. crash hazard sometimes we'll stop out here on our rural highway and pull uh, debris off the road if it looks like it could be dangerous to somebody. Lots of times you'll see boards out here that have fallen off a truck and sometimes they have nails in them. You know, you see all kinds of stuff. So, anywho, planning. Well, I have so far, as in earlier this week, gotten last year's, uh, actually, year before last's compost pile distributed onto the gardens so it can finish rotting out in place where it is on the uh, garden plots for the rest of the winter. The compost bin I filled up last year gets to sit another year and turn into nice rich dirt. So the ground will be ready to put stuff in. Actually, we'll need more compost before planting. So one of the things we've got a problem with with our compost is where it's located. My question is, is it time to, instead of refilling the bin we already have maybe think about popping together another bin maybe back behind the big long shed where it will actually get rained on ours sits under a tree which turns out to be a rather bad place to put it it's in the shade and it doesn't get a lot of rain on it yeah i did that to make it less visible to our neighbors but it's an alley and i'm not sure our neighbors care i don't really care exactly and they don't care i didn't realize it would get stay quite that dry so it makes me wonder if we want to move our compost like i said back behind that shed where there's nothing there i mean we've got a uh, a tree or something planted there but it's not going to affect that pile by the time it's used because it's not that big what do you think might well do that yeah all i do is wire together gather pallets to make compost bins yeah i mean so it's no big deal you just unwire them, move them, and wire them back together again. Maybe you have to pick up one for that other side, but, you know. So the main thing for before we plant in the spring, more compost, because the compost of two people is not enough to feed a whole garden. So I'll buy some compost. 
to go on there. We usually buy compost by the truckload or by the bag? Uh, we generally buy one pickup load worth. And Assuming then I we still have the pickup. Then, if we still which have the pickup. We may not. We're, yeah. That's a hot course of debate in the salty and spice household. Well, not hot. We, what do we do with the farm hot. truck? Yeah, what to do with the farm truck? Do we take it out to the place and let it sit and then have typical the vehicle sat for a while problems like we have right now because uh, with my broken leg I wasn't driving it and now the battery is dead, yada yada, you don't need it now? Or do we just get rid of it because it's a pretty good expense and work? Uh, my income is less than it used to be, my choice, because I'm phasing out of the day job into another career. It's the reduce in, in cost, frankly. And it is an old truck. It costs, yep. it gets eight miles a gallon. We love that truck about four days a year. And the rest of the year, it's like just an expense. And it's a pretty good expense. So yep. anyway, that's something we have to decide because we do use it some. Uh, but we can do without. I mean, three people, two vehicles. Two people, three vehicles. That's what I meant. Didn't say it, but I meant it. <laughs> <laughs> so back to... Back to planning. Um, we have some bigger projects that, boy, I don't know. Not really sure how we're going to get it done. We need to put guttering up at the place to collect rainwater in our barrels so we can water our fruit trees. Do we go ahead and get a big tank? And if so, we need to do that without, well, we still have the truck to put it out there. It's a question. I think I know the answer, but I'm not sure I know the answer. So you think about soil prep. You right. think about how you're going to water. Watering is big. This is the time of year to plan your watering projects, if you're going to do them. The reason I said don't set them up yet is because if we set up our watering systems now, would uh, have stuff freezing water inside our collection barrels and stuff. And right. that's not good for them, so I have them put up for the year. Yeah, we have ours all ready to go. It's just they're, they're turned upside down. And... Turned upside down, dried out. To sit they, through the winter, and they'll be that way until I judge we're not going to have another freeze hard enough. Usually to around water. April 15th here ish, but last year it froze after April 15th, so you never know. And it takes a pretty hard freeze to break a water barrel, but they do happen, and it can get cold quicker than you might think in the fall. Like on October 14th, for example, <laughs> you can have ice and fall down and break your leg. Not that he's bitter or not anything. Not that I'm bitter or anything. That's way too soon to have ice. In Missouri. Okay, next. Uh, supports for the plants are best put in before any planting gets done. Right. And if you're going to turn the soil, if I'm going to turn the soil, I turn it as soon as it thaws out enough to do it, which is usually I can catch a week, week in March where the soil's thawed out enough to do it not too soggy. Otherwise, it waits till April. But I leave it in condition in the fall so it doesn't, if I needed to just take a shovel out and put stuff in with a shovel, that's all it would take. So I plant a lot of uh, peas and beans and things, both because they store very well. I had some black-eyed peas this morning, New Year's Eve tradition, right? Had some black-eyed peas that I grew last summer. And to do that, somebody was done with their uh, dog enclosure, outdoor dog enclosure. Yeah, it was pretty much rusted and not a very good dog enclosure anymore, but it works great for trellising. Yeah, it turns out the peas don't try and escape very much at all. (laughs) (laughs) Holes in the bottom, don't bother it. So we picked that up for free, and I stuck it out in the garden and put in a couple of sport posts to hold it up. 
and they were my pea trellis running down the middle of my garden, which was really nice because that meant the north side of the pea trellis was shaded, and I got an extra two or three weeks worth of lettuce out of that side of the garden because I had some shade for it. So that's the kind of planning we're talking about here. What sports do you need to put in? What plants are you going to put where? Because you have to kind of decide on the plants before you know about the sports. Many things you have to move from place to place in the garden from year to year because they especially deplete the soil of one particular nutrient or they leave um, diseases and parasites of their own in the soil and you get much less of an infection burden if you move the plants to somewhere else for the next year and don't come to, back to that spot for you know, three-ish years or so. And that's a, that's something that, that she plans out very pretty carefully. We learned that lesson of of moving things around for parasitic purposes. It uh, really makes a big difference on some things. Yeah, I started with the naive assumption of, oh, it did great here last year. I'll put it back here next year. Wrong. Thank you for playing. Uh, some areas seem to stay fairly parasite-free for a long time, but no area will stay parasite-free forever. And we are just not into putting poisons on our food. Unless we absolutely have to. So we're pretty much as organic as we can be, as we can be, which does limit the types of foods that we can grow. Yeah, um, the zucchini squash that everybody else grows like crazy. I actually grew some last year because it wasn't a bad year for it. I put some plants in and hope for the best, and every now and then it works. But sooner or later, the squash bugs always get them because I'm unwilling to put seven on them. Right. We actually had a, uh, you had a uh, commando plant out. A gorilla plant. Yeah, a gorilla. A place that got you a couple. Yeah, and I had some more this year, but when I got distracted and was away, and I didn't get out there for a couple weeks, yeah. It is, if you are not a gardener, you cannot believe how fast zucchini and cucumbers can get away from you, especially zucchini. You, you go out have, one day and they're like, nice yeah, maybe I'll pick one. Yeah, maybe wait till tomorrow and pick that thing. It's just a little under where I'd like to be. You come out tomorrow and it is the size of an aircraft carrier. Well, you forget it one day <laughs> and it's the size of an aircraft carrier. I mean, forget seriously. It, they, just... they're, they're, they're putting the stripes on the thing. <laughs> you know, they're, they're building a control tower. <laughs> you know, we're going to land in 747s on this thing pretty soon. You go from good food to building material in about a, a day. Right. Now, we have a use for, and we've documented this in, in the in the other show. We've documented this. We have a use for big zucchini, as long as it's not woody in the middle. If it's woody in the middle, we're Yeah, when the skin gets woody and it starts to hollow out in the middle, that's too old even for my zucchini chips. But the zucchini chips, you can use those really big logs as long as they're not woody in the middle. Woody on the outside. That's what I mean. Hollow in the middle. I'm sorry. And hollow in the middle, yeah. Um, hang on. So, yeah, that's a, it's a consideration, certainly, to... Uh... Yeah, sorry, I'm turning here. Sometimes you have to stop and drive. I apologize about that. <laughs> yeah, we're driving through a little town in North Missouri, and I keep all around. I'm looking at all these houses. And all these houses have gardens behind them. All the produce things provide. These little towns are safe and secure. Nowhere in the city you're not going to have gang problems. You're not going to have... Yeah, there's not a lot of crime. There's There's just not a lot of crime. There's some. But there's not a lot. it's mostly stealing. I mean, there's going to be... I mean, there's just so much out here for preppers. I don't get why... Anyway. 
Oh, I perfectly get why. Jobs. Yeah, but jobs are, are one thing, but yeah, these just we're gonna come I've got several things out there about this. I'm I'm gonna give you a little bit of an aside because we're talking about planning. So this is just part of planning. It's like planning for your future. The thing there are so many houses out here that are that cost the same amount of money as a dumb vehicle will cost you. You can have a house out here in a town like the town we're driving through, 100 miles away or 150 miles away from your city, so you can get out there without a lot of trouble and have a safe place for your family to go if the stuff hits the fan for the cost of a new truck. And yet people don't think about doing that. I just don't. They're not out here. They don't know. Anyway, sorry. That's one thing we didn't, until he brought up the bugging out of the cities thing, it didn't even occur to me to mention when you're planning, you might need to see what is legal to plant in your area. <laughs> That's true. You might have a, a homeowner's police to prevent you from planting food in the backyard or planting food that looks like a vegetable garden instead of looking like a decorative garden that happens to produce plants that you can eat. Fortunately, there's a lot of plants that are very pretty that produce food. So you may have to do a little bit of tinkering and planting, but you can use, usually get away with it. You know, there's a lot Maybe. of fruit trees out there that are gorgeous. They flower. People love them. Um, and you can nobody's going to complain about a fruit tree as long as you don't let your like, apples fall to the ground and rot. You know, nobody will complain about it because it's pretty. It's pretty to see an apple tree. So... Maybe that will be one of the experiments this year. I often do, oh, one or two or maybe three little experiments in gardening every year. I, I plant some stuff because I want to eat, and then I plant some stuff because I want to learn some things. I might uh, try an ornamental edibles garden this year. Because I've, I've planted the occasional species before, just because I wanted the food from them. But normally I don't care what my garden looks like, and nobody else does either. Well, one of our... One of our uh definite needs this year is we're going to have to plant a leafy. Yeah, we had a, we lost an apple, an apple tree, tree dry. last year. And we're going to have to plant a different kind than what was there. Because the same kind died twice in that spot, so that's... And this is a that spot same... that, that has had a tree in it for, all, for forever. This is a good tree growing area. We know it is. It's just that particular type of tree doesn't like it. And the tree 25 feet from it is thriving. But won't fruit this? Well, it might fruit this year because I've got another apple tree around the side that's probably close enough. Yeah, we may we may have to do some we may have to do some pollinating. So yeah, this year's uh, we're gonna have to do for us we're gonna have to plan to put in an apple tree of a different variety, but one that still cross pollinates between all of our apple trees because ours are not self pollinators. And uh, that's another good thing to uh, consider when you're doing your garden planning. Is when you're planning your non-food growing garden, make sure that the that the uh, flowers and the ornamentals you're doing are really, really, really pollinator friendly. You want things. You want every bee in the neighborhood to your yard. You want yours to be a bee buffet because there's nothing that gets you good fruits and veggies like a bee buffet. Yep. Get them little bees in there. Let them do their little bee thing. 
put in B. We're going to put in, I'm planning on putting in a uh, bee-friendly structure in our backyard this year. Yeah, it's a uh, semi-decorative collection of uh, bamboo pipes. But the small little the little bees that are great pollinators like to nest non- in them. Non-stinging. Yeah. But Carpenters they love to the nest way. in them. And nothing else will. They don't, they don't attract wasps or anything like that. They're too small. So... We'll and wasps, those wasps will actually pollinate, too. Wasps are jerks. <laughs> uh, many wasps will not pollinate at all and wasps because they're are busy. Jerks. However, some wasps do parasitize caterpillars, and it's disgusting, and I'm not going to describe it because it's gross. But, Even to a biologist, it's gross. But they uh, do help control caterpillars. Some species do. I remember that one tree you had that had that chick caterpillar that was the size of a... Of a a D6H? Yeah, it was a literally a caterpillar. 10-centimeter-long like, caterpillar. I'm sure it was a Luna Moth caterpillar. Yeah, but it's just eating your tree. It yeah, had to go. It, that single caterpillar had denuded three-quarters of a year-old pecan tree of its leaf. Fortunately, right at the end of the growing season, and the tree survived. But I saw it there, and I go, ah, it's an alien. You know, I'd never seen a caterpillar of that species before. But she had a glove on. She had a glove on. Well, I came to get a glove because I, I did not want to well, touch that thing with my bare hand. And she has a good throwing arm, and we have a pond full of fish. Yep. We thought about Sorry, Luna Moth. Squishing but... it to kill the moth because it's obviously a caterpillar of a predatory on our tree species. So normally I would get rid of those, but then the thought of stepping on that giant thing was, yeah. And so that's what I came up with. I bet yeah. fish would eat it. Yeah. We'll feed it to the catfish. Catfish like it. And she threw that thing probably, oh, 50 feet into the into the pond. And you could hear the curse bloosh yeah. when it hit. That's how big this thing was. Yeah. That's actually kind of creepy. So, we got the soil ready. <laughs> we thought about where we're going to put the plants. So that tells us where to put the supports. And then we think where to put our water collection so that the places we want to water will be downhill of where our water collection is. We think about what's not going to get us in trouble with the neighbors if that happens to be an issue. Fortunately, putting all in of trees, our neighbors' You garden. think about pollinators. Yeah. Our neighbors' cars, so we're good. Yeah. Gardening is not strange out here. Vegetable gardening is not. No, in fact, it, it works pretty well. We've got, a, we've got a fence line where we put in a lot of our, like, uh, Perennial berries. Yeah, berries and stuff like that. You just got to deal with the neighbors and you'll pick what you want. Whatever comes on your half the fence is yours. And half yeah. of it is on their half the fence and it's theirs. My neighbors have been very, our neighbors have been very friendly about it. Even though they don't actually usually pick any. Sometimes uh, I think it's, you know, them just not getting out there and doing it because they seem to appreciate the stuff. So sometimes I uh, go out and pick an extra bucket. And deliver it to them as a thank you for their tolerance of my overgrowing blackberries and raspberries. Besides, got to be you got to be honest. That's not a very good fence. No, we really probably should raise that fence at some point. But it's it the its only purpose is to delineate one property from the next. There's no fence around the rest of our property at this point in time. I keep hesitating to put in more perennials there because we keep thinking about replacing that fence. Well, one of these days, that fence is going to replace itself. It's just going to come. Yeah, but by that time, I've got so many blackberries out there, I'll, we'll have a hedge of blackberries. 
we pretty much do have a hedge of blackberries and raspberries back there at the moment. So think about where you're going to put your perennials, and if you keep those going long enough, they they will make a more dissuading barrier than almost any commercially made fence that is not electrified or has barbed wire. Because nobody wants to crawl through a bunch of uh, perennial berry bushes that have been growing in a thicket for years if you buy the thorned varieties. And even if you don't, they're really hard to get through. So that's actually an excellent intrusion barrier if you've got a troublesome spot where people might otherwise try and climb a fence or or cross over the property line. Thickets of blackberries are really dissuading. So that's a nice element to think about too. You want to put in the trees that you're going to put in. It's actually best to put them in before the trees really fully wake up for the spring. I often put mine in in March because I often have a little time available in March to put them in. So as soon as I, the ground is thawed enough that I can get the digging done, historically, Salty's been more time-constrained in his job. Mine's a little more time-flexible. So I've been the, the planter. But to put them in in the spring before the trees really wake up is best. So you're thinking about those now? Thinking about where to site them? Because ahead of time, you want to do the uh, find out where all the underground stuff is on your property. Know where all the uh, power lines in Missouri. There's a one eight hundred dig right number you have to call, and then all every, every the utilities come out. Number, yeah. And it always takes longer than they tell you it will. But they will come and spray paint where their stuff is in the vicinity that you have marked on your property. And interestingly enough, we found a gas line we did not know was there this last time we did this. Yeah, running right through where I had intended to put a tree, so it's probably a good thing I actually called. <laughs> I moved the tree over a couple of feet to avoid going yeah, through that gas right line. it went right through the stake where the stakes were. Like, ooh, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, okay, I think I'll move the tree a couple of feet this way. So... Now's a good time of year to get them doing it because they're not hugely busy this time of year unless there's an ice storm and they'll get out there and get it done fairly quick. The bad side is you're going to have paint marks on your yard yeah. for till spring, but you know. Yeah, and you're not supposed to do it too awfully long before you put the stuff in, but frankly, if I've got a bunch of grass growing out there, if somebody puts in a new line, I'm going to know it. It's not going to be a mystery to me. So I, I didn't really worry about that aspect of it. I just and had a market. Here's another thing, too. Once you get this done, you know, document it. Make yourself a little map so you know where all the stuff is going across your property. And you just kind of put that in your stuff. Put that in your... We, I've, got a, I've got pictures of, of where these markings were, and I've kind of put those in my picture storage. I know where, where they are. So just so I know where the stuff is. Yeah, if something comes up, and you need to put some stuff in in a hurry, and you don't have time to make the calls then, you've got a map of where everything is on your property. Exactly. You, you know, know where you, you need, can put stuff in. You need five fresh graves, you know. Eh. <laughs> She's looking at me. Yeah. Yeah, don't, you're right, don't bury them on your own, them on somebody else's. Gee. <sighs> Sometimes <sighs> I'm not real bright. Anyway. Anyway. Plan where your trees are going to go. Make sure you it's a safe place to put them. Think about distances to other trees and what what needs to pollinate what. Also, another going back to the law thing, make sure that you know the laws when it comes to uh, 
collecting rainwater or some states where it's illegal, which is a comment I will stop and say in some states it's illegal and not give any more thoughts as to what I think of that. <laughs> but because that would be political. Because yes, we're stuff. not political on 3BY. No matter how stupid the law is, we're <laughs> not political. And don't buy too many seeds yet, guys, because they're not at their cheapest prices this time of year. Unless they're last year's seeds that just blowing out the end. We bought some last week, to be fair. But they were still they were the ten for a dollar kind of seeds. And I have a seedaholic in a hard car. I have a problem with I have many, I have many, 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 many vices when it comes to purchasing stuff. Uh, mostly photographic gear, but sometimes some other things too. But when it comes to seeds, we have a seedaholic. It's really easy to overbuy seeds, and it's really easy for me to overplant my garden. I'll make a plan that makes perfect sense based on how much space I know everything needs. And then when I actually get out there... I'll put in that stuff, and then I'll have a few plants left over, or I'll have some seeds left over, and it looks so very bare, because they're so far apart spaced when you first put them in. I'm like, well, yeah, some of them aren't going to do that well. I'm maybe I'll it. sneak in some, and I'll I'll pull out some. I'll pull out the worst doers later. She lied. That's pretty much it, because I have trouble sacrificing plants that look decent. Oh, if they all look pretty good, the first time I had to thin. pinch. He had to thin. Oh, it was two days of. of he needed emotional support, counts. <laughs> to, to pinch my seedlings. Some of them were easy because they were like one big strong one and two just almost dead. But you have five or six big strong seedlings in there and you need to pinch. You're just like, I feel like a murderer. <laughs> yeah. But which one would make the best plant? Hey, we ate all summer on those plants. We're still eating on those plants. That I grew. Yep. That I grew. And then you grew. Yeah. That we grew from seeds. That we grew from seeds. There's, like kind of some, there's some kind of fun growing something from a seed. Yeah, I had some soup yesterday that was 100% stuff from the garden from last year. And, yeah, that's good. So I think we're getting to the point where we're rambling, so we're just going to hang this one up for a while. Well, forever, this particular podcast. So any last words for this podcast? Not like ever. Start thinking about it, but too early to go crazy. All right. Talk to you later. Bye.